Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Duck Pod. I'm Ryan Thorburn, joined by Austin Meek, back at the Register Guard Studios here in lovely Eugene, Oregon. Austin, uh, I was at the Pac-12 Football Media Day yesterday. Um, it was quite an event. All 12 teams went in one day instead of two, so a lot to cram in here on this pod. I guess we'll start with uh, the Ducks. Mario Cristobal, Justin Herbert, Jalen Jelks represented the team uh, down in Hollywood, and uh, I know you were following along from a distance. What was kind of your takeaway from the messaging the Ducks had? You know, obviously, Justin Herbert uh, was the star of, of the show for Oregon. Um, you mentioned it, and it, it kind of came through watching that it, it seems like a little bit of a, a different Justin Herbert than we've seen in the past, and not just because of the haircut. Um, also, he just he, he seems a little more comfortable in that spotlight. Um, you know, Justin Herbert throughout his career has always been uh, respectful to the media. Um, nobody's ever had a bad thing to say about him, but it was always clear that he, he was not a guy who really enjoyed being in the spotlight. And I don't know if you'd say that he enjoys it now, uh, but it does seem like he's a lot more comfortable there than he would have been earlier in his career. Well, it's interesting because, you know, one of the benefits of these type of events, if you get a go, is is there are opportunities to get to know these guys a little bit better, you know, without your tape recorder in their face, just kind of casually talking to them. Uh, I had a chance to, you know, sit at the same table with Mario and, and Justin at lunch. And believe it or not, Justin said he does enjoy this now. It just took him a year or two to get used to kind of the limelight. I think he was in shock, really, that he was the quarterback at Oregon, you know, for the better part of two years. I mean, he said he's a guy, you know, four years ago that was downloading all these Pac-12 stories and clips to follow Marcus Mariota and everything that the Ducks were doing leading into the season. So he gets it from a fan's perspective. Uh, He was, you know, one of Marcus's biggest fans. And the fact that now he's in that same position, I think, is still a little mind-boggling to him. But he's embracing uh, all of the attention he's getting because, let's face it, He's got, he's the face of the program right now. He's a potential NFL draft pick, and certainly if the team were to do well, uh, a Heisman candidate. So we have some audio of Mario Cristobal talking about Justin Herbert. Uh, let's, let's listen to what the coach had to say about uh, Justin at media day. How about the hair? Did you see the hair? What about that? I mean, I, I was afraid someone I was going to kidnap him out here in Hollywood and make him like an actor or something. But, he, um, yeah, he's transformed his body. He's really – he's committed – to being excellent in everything he does. Same thing with Jalen. So um, I've spoken about our strength and conditioning department a lot because I think uh, it warrants that, the way that they've brought this this culture to our program, because it is. And it's not just how he looks. It's the mindset that comes with it, the, the confidence that comes with it, the ability to, 
I don't know, just create a, a galvanizing effect with the guys in that locker room because you know that you're preparing and that you're holding each other accountable. And he's a big part of that as well. And, um, you know, he's got to be durable. He knows that. Uh, he's really prepared himself to be able to take on, you know, not that we're a quarterback running operation, but so, you know, if he does have to carry the ball that, you know, if he doesn't slide, which we'd like to talk about sliding eventually, but that he's able to withstand some of the punishment that comes with that. So the thing that jumped out to me in that that clip was Mario Cristobal saying, "We're not going to be a quarterback running operation." That was a that was a topic of discussion last year when Willie Taggart came in. Is how much is Oregon going to run the quarterback? Quarterback running game has always been part of Oregon's offense back to the the Chip Kelly days and before. Uh, it was a huge part of Willie Taggart's offense at South Florida. So there were questions about how involved is Justin Herbert going to be in the running game uh, with Willie Taggart. And then what happens four, five games into the season, Justin Herbert is running the ball and gets hurt, uh, misses a significant chunk of the season. A lot of people, myself included, questioned, <laughs> was it a smart idea to have your franchise quarterback running the ball at the goal line when you have Royce Freeman in the, in the backfield? So it was interesting to me to hear Mario Cristobal say, uh, even though Justin Herbert has bulked up to 240 pounds and maybe uh, can take the pounding a little better, it, this is not going to be an Oregon offense where the quarterback run game is a huge component of it. Yeah, I asked Justin, because obviously Oregon made its name on Chip Kelly's offense, uh, which Mariota continued to perfect under Mark Helfrich, which was, you know, the spread, uh, get the plays run as quickly as possible, you know, one-minute scoring drives, that sort of thing. Uh, So I'm fascinated by how Crystal Ball's Alabama SEC big guys mentality will mesh with the speed element. Um, I was talking to Nick Aliotti, Oregon's former defensive coordinator, and I said, can you do both? Can you be um, Chip Kelly between the 20s and maybe you get into a goal line situation and and get your big Stanford package out there and and do it? And he said, you can do whatever you want as long as you have time to practice it. So you have to decide what you want to focus on in practice. So it'll be interesting. Justin said clearly – Mario loves to run the ball right up the middle, right at teams, pound teams, and he loves play action. So I think you will see Justin, um, you know, doing a lot of play action passes. And, and, you know, I think that's something he can do very well. He can make, you know, almost every throw on the field. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of those 80-yard, one-minute drives they have where Tony Brooks-James and some of these guys are, you know, breaking off these big runs and catching passes and taking them deep, and and how many methodical um, drives they have where, you know, they're just trying to push the other team around. Another thing that struck me listening to Mario Cristobal at the podium was how many of the questions related to recruiting. Um, You know, we're talking about the season. We've got football games a month away but people are really interested to hear what Oregon is doing with recruiting uh, and and we continue to see that play out with the commitments. I, it seems like every day Oregon's picking up somebody new. They just landed a, a commitment from Elijah Blades, a junior college cornerback that's a top junior college recruit in the in the 2019 class uh, so people are interested to know what Mario Cristobal is doing in recruiting uh, and I think we have another clip of him talking about that. Well, I, the energy is awesome, but, I mean, let's call it what it is. Oregon's an awesome place. And when I was down in Miami, I knew Oregon was an awesome place. And when I was at Alabama, I knew Oregon was an awesome place. 
And I think when you combine that with the fact that we have high energy, relentless, tireless workers as coaches that are most importantly, they're very real. They're very real, very genuine, no head faking, no nonsense. And the fact that you look at the level of expertise of the guys that we've put on our staff, if I'm a student athlete and I'm looking for a place to go that's committed to me, that has the ability to help take me to the next level, it's hard to beat. So uh, we don't negative recruit. We don't get involved in any of that stuff. We just work, 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 work. And, and I think our guys have an understanding that working hard is probably not good enough, that we have to work relentlessly to make it work. And I think that comes from the head coach. If there's one thing you hear people say about Mario Cristobal, it's that he is a worker. Uh, and I think he set that, that tone for his staff. It's going to be really fascinating to see how how they put all these pieces together because this is going to be a talented Oregon football team um, this year, next year, into the future. That you know, the, the players that they are, are bringing in are going to elevate uh, the talent level of this program. Uh, but it's it's you know it's just going to be interesting to see see how they put the pieces together. You know, Mario Cristobal is going to have to be, I think, um, a, a really strong head coach. You know, I I don't think that you put together a recruiting class with this many big time talents in it um, without having a head coach who's able to keep keep all those guys in line. You know, it's I just think it's going to be a really really fascinating experience. Uh, experiment kind of to see uh, all these talented players and personalities coming into play for Mario Cristobal. I remember during signing day, he said, I wish you guys could see, you know, what we do in recruiting, how it works, you know, this relentless energy he's talking about. I had a chance um, the last couple of days to see part, a glimpse into it. Um, Eugene being the small community that it is, I uh, happened to see uh, Mario at a swimming pool and he was working the phones while his family was swimming uh i saw him at the airport he actually got uh, a call um the story broke later but um that was good news on the recruiting front you know he had the smile and the and the thumbs up after the call was over uh at lunch um one of their recruits uh in this uh amazing class they're putting together was facetiming him and and you know telling him about some of the recruiting he was doing so uh, it's quite a process and they have so much momentum right now in recruiting um, that that's that's really exciting for the future it i'm just curious about this season and and how it plays out with uh, the class they were able to kind of put together between willie leaving which was obviously a strong class before that and what they were able to retain um, supplementing some really good players that are are veterans Uh, mentioned herbert but uh, there's jalen jelks troy die the offensive line tony brooks james it's a really interesting team yeah. Well, another subject that came up at Media Day was the number of first-time head coaches in the Pac-12, uh, coaches who are new to the league at least. Mario Cristobal is one of those. Uh, another one of this is uh, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Uh, I think we have a clip of Jonathan Smith talking about uh, just the experience uh, of the team last year with Gary Anderson leaving mid-season, everything they went through, uh, and how he's tried to to get the Beavers' morale up a little bit heading into his first season. You know, I was aware of that. That was an unbelievable experience, such a unique experience for those kids that last year that I didn't dwell on that, didn't talk about it a lot, but I definitely think that there was things to learn from because that team was in some games. Shoot, they're playing us. They're right in that game. And so there's some things to, to learn from. I wanted to come in with a message of, like, I've experienced it here. 
I've sat in those seats. I've gone through a coaching change when I was a player. It's been done before. We can do it again. And so uh, trying to be authentic that, uh, that uh, I've lived it, and I'm, I want to help them do the, do the same. So the thing that jumped out to me there was, and I know he didn't do this on purpose, but when you're the coach at Oregon State – you can't call Washington us anymore. <laughs> he said they were in the game with us, and he was talking about Washington when he was offensive coordinator last year. But uh, Washington is them now. Oregon State is us. Uh, it's probably going to be a little while before Jonathan Smith gets the Beavers to where um, they're competing with Chris Peterson and the Huskies in the North. But uh, Ryan, what was what was your takeaway from hearing from Jonathan Smith uh, at Media Day and just just where the Beavers are at going into his first season? Well, I think what the players like and what that program needs is are a stable person running the organization. Now, they thought they had that in Gary Anderson. He did a great job at Utah State. But after that, he gets the Wisconsin job, which is a really good job in the Big Ten, and, and flakes out after two years and goes to Corvallis. Nothing against Oregon State, but I just don't understand leaving Wisconsin for Oregon State. And then he quits halfway through last season, which is never a good look. I know things weren't going well. You weren't happy. But you have to wait till the end of the year to step down, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan Smith is very even kill. He has a plan. Uh, he has Chris Peterson's blueprint from his time as Washington's offensive coordinator. Jake Browning just thinks the world of him, and that's a very good player who's uh, obviously very coachable. But, um, you know, if, give him time to find his Jake Browning, um, to use his um, – knowledge of the program and you know they may not get back to the Fiesta Bowl and rock Notre Dame again like he was able to do with Dennis Erickson in, in 2000 but uh, eventually they're going to be um, competitive again I don't think that's going to be this year though well we've we've saved the the best for last year because I think at least from my my perspective watching from afar uh, the star of media day still was Chip Kelly. It seemed like he had the longest time at the podium, looked like he had the biggest crowd. Ryan, was that your perspective as well? Did, did Chip kind of take over the uh, take over the spotlight at Media Day? You can question a lot of the decisions Larry Scott and the Pac-12 have made recently, but them saving Chip Kelly for last was a smart move on their <laughs> part because all of the media uh, stuck around. UCLA was the 12th team to go, and in fact, Moore showed up. He had by far the long, largest contingent of media uh, surrounding him, and uh, you know, someone asked him. Some LA person said, "Basically, you're the the LeBron to UCLA <laughs> yeah. that he is to the Lakers." And he he kind of <laughs> laughed at that, but um, the guy from his time at Oregon, where they scorched the earth, dominated the Pac-12, is still a rock star in college football, no matter what happened in the NFL. Yeah, I I thought Chip looked more at ease just in that that clip watching him yesterday than I had seen him maybe since he left Oregon. You know, I. I, watching him on TV last year, I never thought he looked that comfortable on TV. He was always kind of scrunched into that little suit. He looked a lot more comfortable in his, his black polo shirt. Uh, and even in the NFL, you know, it always seemed like he was um, kind of standing up there and, 
you know, had the sweaty brow going a little bit, but man, that just, to me, that looked like vintage Chip Kelly yesterday. Totally comfortable, totally at ease, you know, had, had the, the one-liners and the quick wit going, which you you expect from him. So uh, it, it looked to me like he's a guy who is happy to be back in college football. And a guy who doesn't really care about you know the media attention i mean a, a lot of coaches would be jealous that um you know lebron's going to get all the coverage in la two nfl teams are going to get coverage usc is considered um the program in la so he he'll be able to kind of in the shadows do what he does and and build this thing and um you know they only have eight seniors as he pointed out so he's going to be playing a lot of his own guys already uh, it'll be an interesting experiment i think if he can find the right quarterback um, they will be dangerous early but their schedule is so hard and they have um, so so many holes i think it's gonna to be tough to replicate what he did at oregon obviously one of the big storylines this season is going to be when Chip Kelly comes back to Autzen Stadium on November 3rd. Uh, we have a clip here of him talking about how he thinks he'll be received when he comes back to Autzen, and then also uh, about whether UCLA is going to look like the Oregon teams that he coached here. How are you expecting to be received by the fans? I don't know. You know, we'll see. Depends on where we are. If, we're, if we don't have any wins and we go in there, I think they'll be excited when we come showing up. If we go in and we're undefeated, maybe they're not going to like us. So I don't really know. What's what's the team? Is this going to look like your Oregon team? That's what fans are asking. They're wondering: Are they going to see a team that looks like your teams in Oregon? No, I, and I, I think that's. I think that's that's not fair to anybody, to be honest with you, because I think it's every team has a different um, dynamic, and, and I think it's based upon what your personnel is. So to say that this guy used to coach here, so this is going to look yeah, like yeah, this. Right. Yeah, and I understand that, and 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 they, sh- you know. Maybe that's a positive because they want to see what that looks like. But I think our job is to put our players in position to make plays. So, um, And I'm not being evasive. We, we, we only have eight seniors, so we didn't have a lot of guys in spring ball. So there's going to be a bunch of guys that just showed up that are going to play for us just because of sheer numbers. So exactly how it's going to look, I'm not sure how it's going to look. Um, I'm excited. I think that's the fun part of coaching of what it's going to look like. But it, what we don't get caught up in is what does it look like. It's just how does it work. So whether we're driving a car that looks good on the outside, as long as it gets me from point A to point B, I'm happy. So whether we run for a first down, throw for a first down, have someone pick another person up and carry them for a first down, it's still a first down. And and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get first downs and stop people. And and I think if we're going to be successful at UCLA, it really starts on the defensive side of the ball because I think one thing that people don't realize or maybe just kind of glossed over is when we were really good at Oregon is because we were really, really good on defense. So he's not worried about whether UCLA is going to look like Oregon, but I think that's the thing that everybody is wondering, though. Are are they... Is UCLA going to play the way Oregon played? You know, personnel-wise, um, they have a very, very different team than than any of the teams uh, that Chip would have coached at Oregon. You know, Jim Mora was recruiting to this sort of NFL-style offense. Um, so it's it's going to be really fascinating. And I think the other question is, can you play the way Oregon used to play in the Pac-12 and succeed at, at that level? Because... Chip mentioned this right off the bat in his podium session that everybody kind of plays that way now. So I don't I don't know that it it would be the advantage uh, that it was in the past for UCLA to come out and try to play like the old Oregon teams. 
Yeah, and he mentioned the personnel. I think if you have uh, LaMichael James and DeAnthony Thomas and Marcus Mariota and those those type of athletes, that type of speed, uh, you can do anything. But uh, right now, do they have that? I don't know. Jim Mora's recruiting classes were ranked you know, in the top 25. There's got to be some pieces there. But uh, the key is quarterback. It's kind of interesting because Michigan transfer Wilton Spates is there. Yeah. And he's not really the type of quarterback that Oregon had. He's more yeah, of a, he's not a tuck it and methodical kind of guy, yeah. pocket guy. Um, they have a dynamic freshman there as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they go at quarterback. And, you know, UCLA's had a lot of drafted players on defense. Uh, if if they have some pieces there, maybe uh, to start with a, a, at least a decent defense. Well, Ryan, great work at Media Day. Enjoyed reading your stuff this morning in the paper, and I know you'll have more as we go along. Uh, camp is going to be starting here in a, a matter of days, so football is upon us. We'll be back with more podcasts to keep everybody updated. But until then, thanks for checking out the Duck Pod. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Duck Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. 